Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know what we love about talk radio? You make a bunch of friends that you may never meet. And you give a piece of yourself to them every day. And it's a lot harder than you think. So you have to admire a radio legend like Ron Diaz, who is retiring uh, later this week. We'll tell you some of our stories from five years on the radio with Tom Jones on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Hey, Mr. Empanada would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And with the holidays coming up, what better way to celebrate than to get together with family and friends? And any gathering can include their mini empanadas or perhaps their Cuban sandwiches. Mr. Empanada appreciates their customers. They'd like to show you their eagerness to move on to 2021 for a better year ahead. Here's what you can do. Order online at mrempanada.com or you can call any one of the seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food quality and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, my former radio partner. I say that because this week, in fact, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know, I might even be part of, uh, you know, some something that Jay Retcher is cooking up. But, of course, you know Tom, Ron Diaz, um, mm-hmm. the great Ron Diaz, Ronnie D from uh, Ron and Ian. And before that, Ron and Ron, of course, uh, I, I really, and I don't use this word very often, but I think icon, radio legend, I, that totally applies um, to Diaz. And we got to know him a little bit, a little better, just because, um, <laughs> you know, their their show was – Sort of was after our morning show there for five years on DAE. Um, I was scared of Diaz, by the way, just real quick for the first well, yeah. uh, year or so. Be, I well, think we both were. I think. Well, I mean, first of all, he's so vascular. He is. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a little. No, he's he's a he's a strong man. Let's put it that. Yes, he is. And, but it was funny because now I'm like you. Look, I I moved down here in the early '80s, and I used to listen to him on the old for for people who've YNF, been in Tampa Bay a long time. Yeah, '95 yeah. YNF, which was the yeah. rock station in town. Oh God! And it was right. Him and Ron Bennington did a morning show, Ron and Ron, which was absolutely terrific. It was, you know, it was the classic morning, you know, rock morning show. You know, and right. um, he was great. And you're right. He was he's he was iconic. He was legendary. Um, and and then um, and then he went on to DAE, and I was doing like a sports media column for a while. And it was one day like him and Ron, or him and Ian Beckles, and I and Derek Sharp may have been in on it. Who became our? Who was you know our producer? Our, our producer, show. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were they got on they got carried on on something. And I thought they crossed the line. I thought they got a little. You were just, doing a media column. Back I was then. doing a media column, and I just called him out, and I'm like. Come on, fellas, you're better than that, you know, basically. Mm. And I and I, I almost came down more on Derek than anybody else. And Ron being, you know, then this is who Ron is, sticking up for his guy, Derek, yeah. you know. And 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 I also made a crack about like Ron and Ian, and it was kind of a cheap shot. I, and I don't even remember what it was, to be honest with you. Well, I thought, well, it's no big deal. I'll never run into Diaz. What do I, you know? 
that we get to show. And then I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> he's on right after we are. Yeah. So the first, like, That's why I always let you go in first. <laughs> well, he would come in, <laughs> and, like, he would come in as we were signing off. I mean, he would be respectful, yeah. but it was like, no, like, and, like, the, just for people to realize, we're doing, we're doing the shows from the same studio, so we got our stuff yeah. spread out all over. Right, and, and they got to come right in because I mean, there's only like right. A they couple got about minutes three minutes, between, four yeah. minutes, or something. Yeah, like that. and so um, we're trying to clear up our stuff, and they're trying to bring in their stuff. Yeah, and we're all trying to do this. There's four of us in a place that's really not not meant, meant for, for that people. many. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and and so for the first couple of weeks there, Ron didn't. Ron looked like he was gonna punch me, and he hadn't <laughs> forgotten what I was gonna say. But you know what? I'll tell you what broke the ice, Rick. What broke the ice is something I realized early on, and I unless you do radio. Yeah. You don't understand how hard it is. No. It is, it is really so difficult. And so true. You th- I mean, it sounds easy. And, you know, I've listened to it all my life and I thought, well, I can right. do that, you know? Right. And all of a sudden you get on the air and you're like, it's almost like running a marathon, but, but you start running as fast as you can, right? As soon as they like shoot the gun. Oh, no. Quite. That's a great analogy because it's sort of like, uh, like, you're at the start of the turkey trot even, right? And then <laughs> and then the, the gun goes off and the people at the front start sprinting. And you realize, well, wait a minute, this is six miles. So you start sprinting too. And you get about 200 yards down the road and you go, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm out of breath. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to die. I got another 40 minutes to go. And literally, like- and literally that's the way it was. Like me and you, we have, we have done this sort of thing, right, in the office for 25, 30 years, whatever, however long we've known each other. Um a little like Wilbon Corners, quite frankly. I mean, sure. we've, we've just been together, and so we talk sports all the time, and we talk life and all this stuff. So we thought, you know, when we were approached by our producer here, Steve Versnick, about, hey, you guys got any interest? And he'd, yeah, sure, well, that'd be great. And, you know, the content, like, we've lived this. We've covered, you know, teams, and, and we get Tampa Bay sports and all of that. That wasn't the issue. The and, issue and, was And it'll just interrupt real quick, Rick. Um, we had each done radio, like, segments. Like we come on as a oh, guest. Oh, yeah, all the time. For and years. And that's easy. Yeah, for years. Five, you Absolutely. Know, six minutes. Give me six minutes of, of my even, best stuff. Even at times, even at times I've guest host, you know, not guest hosted, but been like with somebody for an hour, or, you know, yeah. sit in for a half hour. Like, but they're, you don't realize what they're doing, right? Like you're just kind of responding to whatever question they answer. And so you're the guest. You're, you're not a host. You're not a co host. Um, but I'm here to tell you, and the thing, great thing about Diaz is that um, he makes it, like it's seamless and it's not like I the syllables the uh and the oh uh, and like trying to figure out and you you sort of drove traffic for our show you were that guy that you know had to keep time of the clock you know and you know we had breaks coming up and you had giveaways and you had you know I had to tease in and out guests and you know remind people of this and that and then there was ads there were, I mean, there's a there's so many mechanics to it you know that when you turn it on in your car or whatever and you're listening, you don't realize all the shuffling that is going on in people's heads and, and literal shuffling of, of papers, which you may or may not hear. But it really is hard. And Diaz is like, he can he can do this in his sleep. And he's 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 seamless. He's flawless. And that's like what cracked the ice with, with him, with me and him. Yeah. Is I told him, I said, Ron, I, ne- I didn't realize how hard your job was until mm-hmm. I started doing it. And then I realized yeah. how great you are at it. And yeah. that he was really, I think it really, um, he really appreciated 
that. And it was totally true. I, I wasn't Heart saying felt, it just yeah. so he wouldn't beat me up. I was saying it because, <laughs> Although that would be a good idea. Uh, yeah, it helped out. But yeah. we actually, we actually, I mean, we weren't best buddies or anything like that, but we actually got along quite well after that. And, yeah. and, uh, and you're exactly right, Rick. I mean, there are, when I think about the, you mentioned like sort of the legends in the business around here, and, and you think of the Jack Harris's and right. uh, Ted Webb mm-hmm. um, and Ron and Ron. And I met back in the old days, there was a guy named Russ Albums. Um, oh, yeah. Who had like a really deep voice. He was great. He used to do mm-hmm. a thing called, it was a Midnight Movie Express. AMC Movies used to have the Midnight Movie Express, and he, and he did the commercials for the climb aboard for the ride of your life. Like those are, those are the icons. Ron, yeah, Ron Diaz is one of those guys who, um, he's, I mean, he's basically been on radio in Tampa Bay ever since I've been here. And I came here and moved here. It's like four decades, if I'm not 1982. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just, and he and he's cool. You know, it's such a rough business, Rick. We've we've all been fired, man. All of us have been fired. <laughs> well, that makes us radio guys. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't, you know, I don't know that Diaz ever really was fired. And he's certainly going out no. on his own. I mean, he's not. They, you know, DA didn't push him out. No, uh, he's they leaving didn't. on his and, own, which is, and he could, he still got his fastball. He could, he could keep doing this. If he totally. To. He could do it. He could keep doing it. And, and no one is sort of ageless in that respect. But, and the great thing is, is that, um, you know, he, he, he has a lot of outside interest. I mean, we know his outdoors and his paddleboard and all that stuff. Um, but he's, you know, he saved a lot of money. He's made a lot of money, but he's going to go out, not just on his own terms, but he has a great life. Like he yeah. has, you know what I like to appreciate about him? Because he had a chance, him and uh, Bennington, you know, their show got so big and so popular that um, I think, uh, you know, uh, XM Radio was coming aboard and different things, satellite radio uh, opportunities for them. And at one point, and I could be getting this wrong, uh, they wanted to move the show. And, in fact, Bennington did go to Miami. And I heard Diaz tell the story, like, I I was not going there. You know, what I liked about Ron was that he loves this area. Like yeah. he's, he, he's, he's on Indian rocks. Guy, yeah. He's a Tampa guy. He, um, and look, radio guys do this. We don't, but like he roots for the Tampa teams. Like he's, he's loyal, but, but mostly he, he embraced everything about, about Tampa Bay, which I thought was cool, you know, yeah, because absolutely. you'll get, you'll get some people that are homegrown and some people have just been here a long time and they usually, you know, it's their, their adoptive city or whatever. And Ron, I think is from New York originally, but, um, he, he embodied everything that was good about this area and still does. But, um, yeah, just, uh, so it just got me thinking <laughs> about, uh, some of the crazy thing. I mean, we did, we only did it for five years. It was, look, we were still doing our newspaper job. So was, there was a little bit more going on in our lives. It was only five years. Radio. It felt like 12, man. <laughs> it, it felt like 12. And so every day we kind of got what we wish for in a sense, but every day we'd come in and we'd say like, well, if this ever ends, it'll be the best and absolute worst day of our lives <laughs> because and it was, first of all, when you do morning, it was, and I, I would tend towards the worst, but when when you do morning radio, you're like a vampire. You don't sleep. I mean, you don't, you just, you know, because before you know it, and especially the jobs we did, because sometimes we were working until 11, 12 at night. I slept at the studio a couple of times. I went straight from did. one, uh, from Tampa State or Tampa, Raymond James, uh, Raymond James, to, uh, yeah, to the studio, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd, I'd make. Even well, if you it was lived for a in Tampa. Of, I was in St. Peter. It would just make. Well, sense yeah, for but me I mean, to... I was still twenty minutes north. Sure. You were twenty minutes across the bridge, but you just, yeah, it made sense for you not to do it. And I, I mean, some nights it was two, two and a half, three hours. You know, I mean, sure. that was it. We were up. I was up at I think three forty-five every every morning. Um, so that was fun, and we get in <laughs> usually get to the studio about five or thereabouts, and Derek Sharp was our producer. But I just remember, you know, uh, <laughs> and it, 
I, look, we got better, I thought, but it, it evolved. In the beginning, talk about you think you know what you're doing. You know where I'm going with it. I'm sure Steve can. So we had it worked out. <laughs> I know to where you're going. In, in the well, first there's segment. Two, there's two stories. Yeah, go ahead. The First of all, the first segment back then, before they made it 11 minutes a segment, the the opening segment was like 24 minutes. Yeah, we and stopped that if real you quick. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Well, not just for us, though, but for everybody. No, we changed your clock real quick. It wasn't just our clock. No, it was pretty much our clock, yeah. Who invited you into this conversation? <laughs> wait, wait. Steve's got, Steve's got a, the most embarrassing story, but I'll actually tell it. But you go ahead first, Rick. Go ahead. I just want to tell the story that, like, me and Tom look at each other. So before the first show, before, before we go on the air, and, and uh, you know, they started playing Start Me Up or whatever it was back then. Um, uh, we, me and Tom looked at each other. We were to talk about the race, and something had happened the night before, and I think it was like we were supposed to end with like Carlos Pena. Something about Pena. Well, what had happened was, was there, there was a they they had won the game, but the really key at bat was a Carlos Pena at bat, like in the fourth inning. That was and sort that of was overlooked. Be your you almost to the, overlooked to the next, yeah, right, to the like next. The, segment. The true, that was going to be like, yeah, the home, like the home. Kevin Kiermaier's home run wasn't a big moment. There was another right. moment that was even bigger. We'll tell you right. about that when we come back. <laughs> when we come back. So Tom has this all worked out, right? Tom has all of it. Don't out. say so Carlos Pena's name, Rick. Don't yes. don't, don't bring up you the mention him because back. I'm I'm saving him. He's going to be my tease to the next segment. And when you hear me tease it, that's when we know we're done with the first segment and we can roll, we can go to commercial. Right. Okay, Carlos Pena. I got it. I got it. Carlos Pena. Don't mention Carlos. <laughs> Come on the air. Show starts at six oh three. What time, Rick? Was it six oh seven? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> No, we got to go to 624. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Tom looks at me and he goes, yeah, a really important bat was Carlos Pena. <laughs> I looked at him like, what? <laughs> like, we're done? Like, you got, we don't have anything we're else done. to talk. I'm telling you, the, the fear in my eyes <laughs> that you must have seen um, that was reflected back to me was like, this is really going to be a hard thing. This, well, the other, the other, the one I thought, and it's the one I'm sure Steve remembers, is we were about midway through the first segment of the morning, I think it was, or maybe the second segment, and it, we had, I, we were done. I was out of gas. I was done. We were gone. We had burned through every topic already, yep. and I finally looked at you and I go, "So, we, what do you want to talk about, Rick?" <laughs> and Steve was such a nice guy and such a a good uh, program mentor. Director. Yeah. He would. He said, uh, "Yeah, you had a moment today uh, where you you asked Rick, what do you want to talk about?'" I go, "Yeah." He goes, um, "Yeah, don't do that again." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was no other way to put it. It wasn't like, "Hey, you might." He's just, like, "Yeah, don't do that again." The weird thing was is that they had. I mean, they had sort of told us nothing. No, they had told us a little bit about how to set up a show and you know you had to do you know we started doing like sheets and you know we'd write down a lot of stuff um you know what your segments were what your commercials were what your you know um your giveaways whatever teases all of that so we had to we wrote those out and so you know we spent like a good hour in the beginning probably two hours but at the end a good hour sort of sort of planning the show um but yeah it was (laughs) It, it, it was it was it was different it, and and you know you had to get out of your own head a little bit and there was a mechanic like there was a 
an actual like you had to actually find the buttons to push, right? I mean, you well, still were not only to- that, but I, I mean, the other thing I was going to mention, and Steve could probably the other thing I really think we should probably thank Steve for after all these years later was probably protecting us from those above Steve who were probably saying, "Get rid of these guys." Oh no, they weren't like, uh, probably saying they absolutely. This is no, the worst they, I've ever they were. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for that. And Steve never let us know. Like as far as we do, we're doing great. Yeah, but I'm were. sure no, Steve content, kept the wolves at bay. Content's really good, guys. Content is really good, and that was code for you suck. But no, no, it was not code for that. <laughs> but there were those above who, <laughs> right? Well, weren't we fans at the beginning. We we appreciate that you were able to protect us. But no, you're you're absolutely right. And it was funny, Rick. One of the other funny stories was. And you're right. I, you know, I had, you say you sat in that chair occasionally when I was when I wasn't there. Oh God, I got some stories about that. Yeah. Well, and I remember. That, so I'm, I'm looking at teases, and 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 Derek sometimes is talking into our ears, saying, "Hey, don't forget, we're not having this guy next segment. We're going to have the other guy, and then mm-hmm. so so don't you know don't tease up this guest coming up next because we pushed him back to eight fifteen or whatever. But Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Times would come on every morning at seven thirty, and. So we're, we have the questions. We're going back and forth, and you said something like, "Hey, Mark, uh, you know they had to go to their bullpen early last night. Uh, who's available for tonight if they get in a situation where they have to go to their bullpen?" Well, while you're asking that question, while Mark's giving the answer, <laughs> Derek is talking to me like, "Hey, man, don't tease that pajama gram thing because that's that that ended yesterday." So, um, right. blah blah blah, and I'm just like, "Okay," and I'm and I'm like, "Hey, do we still do this?" Da da da. So yeah. he and I are talking the whole time. Yeah, gets done. Now it's my t- and and I and I, all I hear is Topkin talk, and it just sounds like, you know, bzz, 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 just sounds like dull, white noise. And yeah. then he gets done, and and you look at me, you're like, go go. And I was like, oh, so Mark, hey, hey, they really burned through their bullpen last <laughs> night. Uh, what do they do if they have to? I and apparently I asked the question almost verbatim to the way you asked. It. <laughs> And thank God, and Mark, who's a bit of a smart ass, could have yes. like totally like thrown me under the bus, and he, he, he didn't. He said, "Well, you know, uh, another thing they could do." And he actually like bailed me out, but it was, and I would have been embarrassed if I'd actually heard your question. I didn't realize like how close it was to, to, to what you had asked. So, uh, yeah, the interviews were always were always tough. I mean, it was, uh, you know, some sometimes. You know, you had to you had to do some research on some people, and then others. Some were better interviews than others, and some would go on on and on, like you know, for a long time. And and you would have to fill others. You'd have to fill gaps. And um, yeah, I just I remember we would try to get certain people, and and one of the things we would do, like when the Rays were playing somebody, um, the announcers in, invariably would be very often on our show. The, you know, the, the play, other teams announced play by play guy. Yeah, they'd yeah. be in St. Pete. They'd be at the Vinoy or whatever, and it'd be early in the morning. But they'd be, you know, they were game, and they would, you know, they'd call and talk about their ball club and the series coming up and whatever. So this got to be a thing. They would book these guys, and <laughs> the Yankees were in town. So what's the story about John? Sir, you know who John Sterling yeah, yeah. is, of course. Everybody knows yeah, him. We were, I mean, he's yeah. got, you know, does the Yankees, and he has the corny calls. It is high. It is far. It is, you know, and all that. It's the Grandy Man can. And he had all those those sayings, right. you know. An A-bomb by A-Rod. So one, <laughs> what was the story that one time he was asked to yeah, come Momola, on our John show? Yeah, John Momola asked him. John Momola asked him. He was, yeah. he was uh, 
running the show then and said and invited him on and and he so he called up Sterling or whatever and Sterling got back to us yeah we wanted to come on with our morning guys Rick and Tom uh, what time would that be and you're like <laughs> well it'd be like seven like seven oh five you know and he a.m. and he's like why would I get up that early to talk to you. <laughs> No, and then we Why had to get his partner Susan Susan Wobbin, who came on and she was great. She was fantastic. Just talked about Joe Madden the whole time. She loved Joe Madden. She loved and, Joe Madden. And the thing was, is that so after that, I did this whole segment one time about how John Sterling actually stole his act from Snagglepuss. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, Snagglepuss the cartoon was like exit heavens to Megatroy, exit stage left, and he was like and then it's high, and then it's far. He was actually Snagglepuss, to be honest. Yeah, with you. no, you're absolutely right. But you know see, that- Su- Susan Waldman was great. She was a um, she was amazing, and she loved she did love her some Joe Madden though. Well, you know what else was fun? Yeah, she did. You know the other funny the other like one of our memorable guests was, um, and I remember it's early on we had Fran Tarkington would come on, <laughs> great. and we were and whoever and it was a it was part of a thing and Steve could probably explain it better but they I guess Steve like these guys. Like Fran Tarkington might have gone on like stations all over the country. Yeah, right? he yeah, did. He was, you know, he was doing that. Either usually those guests when they're doing those weekly ones are either getting paid for it or they're pitching something. And he was pitching a, a finance to, they get a thing. Chance I think. to promote yeah. it on the air, so they'll come mm-hmm. on once a week or every other yeah. week, whatever. Right, yeah. and so he had a deal. I'm sure he was he was coming on our place, and he was going on a station in Atlanta, and then going on a station in Dallas or whatever. Right. But we would have him on, and look, Fran Tarkenton. I grew up watching Fran Tarkenton; thought he was great. But I'm like Fran Tarkenton. Like, when's the last time that guy's been relevant about anything? Like, he does seventies, seventies. Yeah. And I'm like, he does, he's not an announcer. Didn't he, for anybody. Didn't he do a game show like? Uh... Funniest uh, home videos or something. Oh like no, what? yeah, like real people. Was it like real people? Real, That's real, incredible. Or one of those shows. Real, yes. <laughs> Up but with it was people. Like, yeah. I, what is he, he? Who is he now? Like he doesn't say. He's not interesting, is he? Like I, and I was really skeptical about having him on. It was literally like right out of the gate, and you were like, uh, "Fran, we're bringing in Fran Harden, Hall of Fame quarterback, and Fran." Uh, you know, you're looking at Josh Freeman. Uh, what do you think of the way Josh Freeman's playing? That guy's god awful. <laughs> <laughs> headlines all over it was on espn it was on the crawl and everything and it was i think will, like the, will bond and kornheiser were doing a segment on him it on became the biggest thing and i'm like fran targeted mr mr like say it's nothing guy I'm right. like right out of the gate like two minutes into his first segment with us <laughs> that became a national story and might have put us on the map somehow no some kidding. weird way the other, we one, the other one I remembered was one of the things that happened early on. Speaking of like older guys, we had Tom Brokaw. Remember Tom Brokaw used to do, or this is the American Minute or something like that, or some. <laughs> he and he would give like a like a one minute commentary, and it was like I'm Tom Brokaw. This it was like at six oh nine in the morning. It was like it was yeah. literally the first break that we right. did, and we're half asleep. You and which I. means it was buried. Okay, that, there you it, go. It was something they had to run. It was a deal that Clear Channel, or I think it was Clear Channel or iHeart at the time. This was It was after I was left, but it was shortly after. If they're running yeah. it at 6 or 9 in the morning, it means they're burying it as early as they can to get it out of the way. And right. it was one of those things like, and Tom Brokaw's a legendary journalist. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm not making fun of Tom Brokaw, but it was, it was, you know, it's one of those things that's like, you got 30 seconds to make a comment, and it would be like, he's basically like, yeah, this 4th of July, remember how it's great to be an American. You know, like, yeah, it was like it was basic, simple stuff. It simple was, it stuff, was nothing, yeah. yeah. So, 
I, I think, and you and I, <laughs> off air, we would make the off air show was really funny, right? We would make always is. And <laughs> yeah. we, always, we made it seem like our little bit between you and I, Rick, was like we made it seem like Tom Brokaw was a big, like was a big like Frank Sinatra Rat Pack player. Like oh, I remember when me and Andrew Dickinson. Like it was funny because that's so unlike the real Tom Brokaw. Like right. it was the polar opposite of who Tom Brokaw is. But we it cracked us up. Well, out in I, the woods, we got heavy in my fifty shop. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. And then, so we came back on the air. This was and Brokaw. The the thing ended right into our site right when we come back. Right. And so we we came back, and I was punchy, and we were tired, and we were laughing about <laughs> oh, Brokaw. Is that why? <laughs> and I made a crack about like Tom Brokaw, like gee, and I made a crack about it, and I right. thought it was pretty funny, and it you was laughed, funny. and Derek laughed, and then. All of a sudden, I can see, like, you can see in the studio if the phone rings in the booth where Derek is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got a phone call. We rarely got phone calls at 6, 10 in the morning. And I heard, see Derek in there, and I'm still talking, and you're talking, and Derek's shaking his head quickly and hangs up the phone. And then we get to the first, we get to the next break, and he said, uh, that was Doug Hammond. Who called him? <laughs> Doug Hammond was running the station at that point. And he said, that Tom Brokaw, don't do that again. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. Don't ever do that again. And, and then afterwards, uh, hey, uh, Doug would like to see you in the office. <laughs> and we went in, and Doug was very nice. I mean, he was a very nice man. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that Tom Brokaw stuff, let's not make fun of that, okay? Let's, let's not. It was funny. And he even said, I admit, that was pretty funny. But don't do that ever again. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, and we we had a lot of funny people on the show. It was, uh, you know, you, the thing about the morning show, and I guess it, this happens all day. I don't know, but um, it it seemed to be a landing place for comedians, right? Anybody that was going to the comedy clubs, or yeah. you know, they were coming in, and they invariably they would have taken a red eye from L.A., landed at Tampa International about five o'clock in the morning, and then some genius would put them in a car and then drive them across the bridge to our studio before their first cup of coffee. Right. They would, and they would do the runs. They would come well, on they, with They would us. hit all they the radio stations. They'd hit them all. 70, 98 Rock. It's right. the day no, part do. that has a show on every station. So Right, right. right. But it was, it, you know, it was a, uh, sometimes our, our, you know, we were the first ones that they would go to because uh, we're the morning show. And they wouldn't always be, you know, the thing about, and this has to be hard, right, if you're a stand-up guy, is that, all right, be funny, you know, make me yeah. laugh, clown, you know, that kind of thing. Like, And that's just not really what, they're alike all the time, particularly after they've done a show at three AM in LA and then gotten on a red eye. So there were a couple there were a couple tough ones, man. John yeah, there was, was it John Lovitz. John Lovitz was tough? We yeah. had John Lovitz on there and he was a nice guy. He wasn't rude or anything like no, that. But no. and you and I were real good. Like we would just we would just talk with him and yeah. we'd let them be and we'd even yeah, say we like, didn't hey, try you, to crack a joke. Do you want no. us to set you up with anything? And they'd be like, no, nah, just and talk sometimes sports. they would and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. but usually it was but uh, Lovitz was I, I don't know if we just didn't have the chemistry with him or what, but it was like and I felt bad. And, and again, he wasn't rude. He wasn't like he wasn't a jerk about it. It's just what it a was good interview. really yeah. uncomfortable to be in there where we had other guys. We had a guy like Anthony, Anthony Jelznick. Was that his name? Yeah, uh, he was really good. Caliendo came in a bunch of times. Frank was the best. I mean, he Frank, was the best. first of all, Frank for who became and is really a superstar in the business. Um, I think at that time he had started working on ESPN, um, and he had been at Fox. Memory he did all those guys like Bradshaw, not funny, not funny. You know, he's doing all that, and then and then ESPN hired him, and it opened up a whole new genre of guys he could interview, and so. 
I like to do voices once in a while, you know, and, and, and really I don't do voices. I do Caliendo doing them, right? right? So that's sort of how you learn how to do them. And he would do the Berman thing. You never really say anything. You just kind of like, and so you learn how to do that. And I would do Berman on, on our show sometimes, Football Fridays or whatever. Um, and uh, But at that time, you know, he was doing he was doing people that no one had ever done. Like, according to my sources, Adam Shifter has a special report. You know, he'd do all that stuff. He's doing Shafter, he's doing Jim Rome. But he's yeah. doing Rome, yeah. I am four syllable words. <laughs> what a great interview by me. And so you do all those. Well the guy he he you know, he was the Madden guy for years and years. You know, he was the John Madden guy. And I could never do Madden and I still don't even try really. But when he got to ESPN and Gruden was a Monday night football guy, that that became his deal. You know? And I covered John for six years in Tampa. And we used to do Gruden in the media room, you know, sure. as Colonel Nathan, Nathan Jessup, you know, as a few good men. We did a few good bucks. So we had started that for years and years. And then and then Caliendo started doing them better than anybody, um, which kind of ticked me off. But he's a professional. That's well, it was great. Look, he did. The, he Somebody told him. Somebody tipped him off. And I don't know if it was Derek. I think Sharp it was Derek or somebody said, hey, one of our guys does John Gruden. I thought, and- oh, great. And Caliendo, and the thing is, you don't want to upstage. You haven't comedians. Well, you don't want to. You don't. You, you never, never want to upstage wanted, the guests. You, well, you're not just upstage. I couldn't upstage them, but the point is, you don't want to. You know, do you want to sing with a singer? No, right. You know what I mean? Like, like, no. I'm a rank amateur. This is not what I do. But I he, Caliendo, made you do it, and you made did, me do it, and did Gruden, and you could have been nicer. You killed we, it because you we, killed we did, it. Because I I can do a decent Gruden, but you it did was, it great. You did it great, and Caliendo was was legitimately blown away by how good your Gruden was. I can tell. But you. it was. He, but he was. I just remember how gracious he was. He doing was. That. He was tremendous. You know, like, he was, he was tremendous at it. Tommy Davidson. Remember Tommy Davidson. Tommy was, Davidson was there. He was yeah. in there. He was great. He did a. He came in and did a really, really. Good you know, job. you missed. You know, you mentioned you were always traveling for um, the Lightning. It seemed like. Yeah. And that was the worst month of my life because <laughs> I was in there by myself. Uh, for the most part, but um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I, I don't think you were there this particular day. You know who came in? Two of the Jackson 5. <laughs> Clearly not Michael. And Michael, Michael was not a Michael was them, not no. one of them. No. Not even, no. Two of the Jackson 5. Wow. I think it was Marlon. And and it wasn't Jermaine. Like who would it have been? Tito. Tito, I perhaps. I don't know. I never heard this story. You never heard two story? of the Jackson Five. That two? is crazy, dude. I was because I don't know how you. I mean, you know how you felt about. I mean, the freaking Jackson Five, right? Michael Jackson. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the yeah. King of Pop. And you've got there they are, and they were doing. I I don't know what they were in town for. They were doing something maybe at Ruth Eckerd. They were doing. Well, it was just the two of them though. Um, but they, but you know, you felt compelled, like 
hey, what was it? <laughs> you know, hey. how about that brother Yeah, you turned into Chris Farley all of a sudden. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I remember did. when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> I did. It's like, oh, God, I can't believe I asked that question. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you're hitting yourself over the head with a microphone. But it was. It was sort of like, man, you were. There was only one person. ABC, right? There right? was only like, one, one person two, that we had in studio that, that I was not nervous, but a little bit. A little bit awestruck, and and Rick, you and I, we've been around athletes forever. We've been around famous people, and I'm never, I've never really been one to to be awestruck. To be starstruck. Yeah. There was one person who was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm interviewing this guy." Really? Who was that? Cal Ripken. Yes. Cal Ripken came in soon. I thought for there was a split second, I'm like, "Wow, Cal Ripken." I'm talking to Cal Ripken. This is my yeah. job. This is yeah. my job. I get to talk to Cal Ripken. Right. And he, this was a long after he retired, and you know, he was I think he was doing something with the Rays minor league team right somewhere yeah but and then the other one is the guy from uh, uh and I, I say the guy because i don't remember his name now but the guy who wrote and directed sandlot came yes into the studio. and and i believe he brought pf flyers pf flyers and yeah got our shoe and, sizes and sent them we, and all he asked was what's your shoe size yeah we didn't know sandlot, what for sandlot uh baseball shirts yeah yeah i made out with wendy peppercorn shirts yeah <laughs> it was awesome that was good. You know what? The, it's funny though, right, Rick? We talk about just how hard it was, and I was thinking about this uh, a little bit earlier. And I'm, and I'll tell you the other thing that's that's really super hard about radio is sometimes you you're trying to be provocative, you're trying to to be interesting, you're trying to say interesting things. Yeah. And there are some days. I mean, we have a dump button, but they were it was mostly for in case somebody called in and, and callers were profane or yeah. Yeah. Um, you really couldn't dump your takes, but there were some days where like you started talking and then about 10 seconds after you said something, which then is too late for the dump button. You're like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. And I, and it, you have to be really, I remember one time, I don't want to get into the whole story, but I kind of, I kind of, um, I insulted Eddie Robinson. Remember that? The, the head coach at Grambling university and basically like sort of insulted his accomplishments and later on, I was like, "What?" And I end up apologizing on air and everything, rightfully so. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, I sometimes you're like, "What did I just say? Why right. did I say that?" You and, get sometimes you get too comfortable, and you're just not, you know, which is a good and bad thing, right? Like your things pop in your head, and you say it, and you realize I just told how many other people are listening, you know, and I can't take it back, like it's out there, you know, right, right, and that's the, you know, that's the the scary thing, and the thing is like. You're trying to, it's in the moment too, uh, as much mm-hmm. as you and I, and there were, we had some pretty good arguments. On oh, there, yeah. You and, I, and people used to call in like, You guys okay? Like, you guys okay? Like, A, we're like, A, yeah. It's, it was never personal, but like, well, people sometimes. thought that we. A few times it was. It was contrived. Or Just that saying, we, a few <laughs> times. Got, <laughs> or that we made it up. We never, I, there was never a moment where we sat, we would talk about, okay, let's talk about this topic. Yeah, but we never got to the point where like, hey, I'm going to take this side, you take the other side. That no, never, that never happened. That never interestingly, happened. it didn't. Now there were some times where I didn't know how passionate I was about my side <laughs> until you started arguing mm-hmm. about it, and then I got real passionate. Um, but no, there it was, uh, and that was a good thing. That was always it was always fairly fairly organic. Because there are some people on TV, and you know who they are. Yeah, that, they make well, about they, eight million dollars a year. On, I know who they, they are, Skip Bayless. Yeah, they'll bang on Le, uh, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Yeah, and you're to the point where you're like, "This isn't real." You know it's stick. You right. know it's stick. It can't be real. But you and I, I mean, 
I, I've never written anything. I've never said anything on the air mm. that I didn't fully believe 100%. And I think there were a lot of people a lot of times who used to think, oh, you guys you guys mapped that out. You guys planned right. that out. I said, no. Oh, no, we planned a topic. Right. We never planned the argument. A lot of times we didn't know what our takes were, and that's what made it kind of interesting. You know? Right. Um, yours weren't always very good. I mean, I'll say that. <laughs> but um, I usually got the best. Now, it, it uh, now you know the great thing. What I love about the medium, and and that's why all of us, you know, when we started this talking about Rondi, is is that you know, TV is visual, right? You turn the TV on, and you'll know within a few minutes just by somebody the way somebody looks, whether you like them or not. It's weird. It's just a different medium. Um, and thankfully, we're not. I'm on TV a little bit, but not that much. Um, the old face for radio thing, but radio is. It, it is it is one of the most personal mediums there are, and you have to you have to have something, some information. Um, you have to tell people. You got to make. You got to tell some, but some. You got to say something to somebody that makes them think, right? Maybe they don't agree with you. Maybe they do. But then every day, coming in there every day as we did, um, people live your life because you go through things, right? I had children, right, while I was on that show. Um, and, and so every day they learn a little bit more about you and then they, they get to know you and they feel like, you know, you're their neighbor, you're their friend, you're their habit, right? You become sort of what they do each morning. So from that you're standpoint, you're in a car, you're in a car with them. Yeah. You're right I beside mean, them. Let me ask, like, let me ask Steve, Steve, I mean, you've been in radio forever. Like what makes radio so great? Like what's so awesome about it that it's theater of the a, mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you know you said the the visual someone's talking to you, they become friends of yours because it's a long conversation, particularly if you're in talk radio. But even music jocks, if you listen long enough, sure, they become your friends. But you don't listen to the radio unless you're a 14 year old girl. You don't listen to the radio in groups of friends. You're mm-hmm. listening by yourself. It's at your desk at work. It's in your car. It's in your headphones right. as you're jogging or riding a bike. Or it's a very personal medium. It's it's one on one medium. First of all. Right. Um, without the visual and all that. So it's just the voice in your ear, whether it's a headphone or speaker, whatever else. And, you know, they be, it basically becomes your friend. I mean, that's when, when I hired you guys, I told you, you're going to have thousands of friends that listen to you every day that you'll never meet. Mm-hmm. But they consider you a friend. They listen to you every day. They get to know a little about your life. They get to know about you. Yeah. And, you know, when you hear, you know, the whole, uh, you know, longtime listener, first time caller, there's, Thousands of those for pretty much any radio show. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I, you, you and I, have, we've talked about this. Rush Limbaugh, I think, is the greatest radio talent in my gener- that, that I've heard. Right. He has tens of millions of friends that he'll never meet. But they listen to him for three hours or a good chunk of every day and, and tell stories. And, and what makes him so really good about it is as he's tell- telling you stories in this, he's almost reacting to the questions you would be asking him. Right. If you ever listen to him, I mean, forget the politics part of it. I mean, you can yeah, agree or disagree. Not, yeah, I, I disagree but, with most of his politics, but he is a brilliant radio. But he's he'll so sit there and start, you know, talking about whatever he's talking about, you know, Trump or whatever, Clintons, or Obamas, whatever. He's telling the story, and almost you'll be listening, going, "Well, but what about this?" And all of a sudden, go, "Ah, you thought about this, uh, you know?" And you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and he's answering my questions for me. I mean, that's how good he is. Is that, and you know, his producers and that help him too. But he is so good at. Telling that story, and, and and I don't want to say dragging it out because that's not right, but hitting every angle of it to where you're 
you you keep listening because you'll start you'll start even if you agree with him you'll go oh, but rush what about this that you said last week or this or this happened and, and all invariably he'll answer that question in the next two minutes right he's yeah. really good at that i mean howard stern's another one i think you know he's the best interview i've ever heard sure he's terrific um you know he'll you get you confess your darkest secrets to him you know to, to millions of people listening yeah that you've never told your best friend i mean but. It's interesting. Steve Steve gave me advice uh, very early on that almost made me realize this sort of the idea of like you've got friends and these people are listening. You're hanging out with them in the morning, and it was and it's something that a lot of if you listen to radio a lot a lot of people do this when it, when when they come back from a segment, um, you'll hear the the uh, the host say welcome back, and Steve used to say don't mm-hmm. don't say that because. You, they didn't go anywhere. You left. You mm-hmm. left them. You went to break. <laughs> right. They they were in their car the whole time. You know, had, they had their, very often they're coming on for the first time. They right. didn't hear the first the last. But five when, when I'm telling them like welcome back, there it's yeah. like no, and that made me think of people like okay now mm-hmm. it, now I'm having a conversation with one person out there. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. tell you a couple of funny stories. I had a host in, when I was in Birmingham. I was a morning host on my station, and it was like eight forty in the morning. And he's like, you know, before we go off the air at 9 o'clock today, we're going to give away this prize or do some, whatever it was. I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I went to a break, and I went in. I said, hey, Jay. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, engineers call you this morning? No, why? I said, no, oh, I was just curious because you said before going off the air at 9 o'clock, I wanted to know why. I, I, I didn't mean that. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm done. I'm like, yeah, but the radio station is going to stay on. <laughs> we're going to keep going. <laughs> we go 24 hours here a day, bub. <laughs> Never shuts off. And I said, you can say, you know, before I sign off at nine or before Glenn Beck takes over, I think he followed at that time. Right. You know, it was, you know, you could say that, but <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. And he was a nervous kind of host anyway. So <laughs> um, what's interesting is still, still to this day, um, we'll say some, something on Twitter on this podcast and people will still bring it up. Like there was a, there was a thing I got on Tom one day about the fact that he couldn't see the TV from his kitchen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I couldn't imagine having a TV. It's like, what do you mean you can't see your TV from your kitchen? Like, you, you got, well, I went and got something to eat. And then when I came back to the TV, it's like, what, what? Everybody has a TV they can see from their kitchen. Like, no, mm-hmm. I don't. And so it became a thing. And to this day, people will mention that yep. on, on Twitter or someplace else. There was another one where um, Tom did this show where, uh, or this bit where we were talking about how, you know, if you really want to insult somebody, or be dismissive know, of them, or be dismissive of them, yeah. don't call them by their name. Right. Just just give them like uh hey listen hey, chief. sport. Listen chief. Yeah. <laughs> we did I had a, host, I had a host that called everybody chief. So chief or sport or ace or champ. Yeah. Ace champ. Yeah. <laughs> so so invariably when I when I get into like somebody insults me personally on Twitter, there's a couple trolls yep. out there. Yeah, I saw one the other day you did that too. Yeah, I I I'll just go, Hey, listen, Ace. Uh you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but and the other day, and even you know Greg Allman, my friend and former colleague, is with the Athletic now. He and they were playing the Chiefs that weekend, and he goes, "You should have said Chief. That would have been the ultimate rub <laughs> because it was like a Bucks good. fan." Jeff Schultz uh, from the Atlanta Journal Constitution used to be at the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Now he's with the Athletic. Yeah, I think he. I saw one one day. He called somebody pumpkin, and I thought that <laughs> that is perfect. Snowflake. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, pumpkin. No, but yeah. but the other thing about radio is is as like I said, they're friends of yours. So, and I'll, I had my morning show in Cincinnati. It was the two guys. They were called the two angry guys, 
And well, that should have been our name. Yeah, well, and, and Tom. <laughs> our was, next show will be. So it was Tom and Richard. Tom was the one who. Tom and Richard. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Yeah. Are you confusing things? <laughs> no, no, it really was. So Tom was the you one. You only who, hire people named Rick and Tom. Yeah, pretty Is much. Pretty much. Uh, so Tom was uh, the host that he would rather not talk sports. He'd rather talk movies or life or whatever else. And Richard was just like. You know, all we do is what's on Sports Center, and we just go through. You know, here's what happened in the NBA last night. Here's what happened to this, this, this. You know, so the dynamic of the show was funny because you know it's the serious, diehard sports guy, and then the, the guy who doesn't want to talk about sports. He was a sports fan, and in, in that, so I would tell Richard, you know, I'm like, you know, talk about your life occasionally. Sometimes we could get, occasionally get him to talk about his wife or his kids or something at the school or. You know, whatever. Somebody he ran into at a restaurant or, you know, just the other stuff. And so we'd go, you know, we'd do in a you know, remote appearance or whatever before, you know, a game that night or whatever. And people come up and everyone would be like, man, that story you told about your wife the other day was fantastic. Or that story about the school. Not one person. I would tell Richard. Not one person came up and said, man, that take on Kentucky basketball three weeks ago was fantastic. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, the sports yeah. is important as part of it, but. They become your friends because they they want to get to know they you. Relate. They relate. Yeah, yeah they they feel like they're friends with you, and so they want to, it's more than just you know yeah. what did the Bucks do last night, and that's important and big part of it. But yeah, you know it wasn't like you know oh man that take on the Bengals that you had a month ago I I can't stop thinking about it. No, that's not what they talked about. They talked about the time you were driving your car reading the newspaper and almost hit somebody, which right. that was a true story. You almost did because he had the newspaper on the dash as he's driving. <laughs> Well, I had one time I had my, my came home. And one he was day late my, for the show, too. He was trying to hurry up to get to the radio station. My wife asked me, hey, are you getting me a diamond necklace for my birthday? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, somebody told me that you said on the air this morning you were getting me a diamond necklace. And I was probably reading an ad for, like, some diamond place. And my, I guess I had said that I was going to get You should have told her, wife. well, tell them thanks for spoiling the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For whatever reason, on Valentine's, Tom would always get these Valentine's reads, and I, it, it, some of them got worse and worse. Like the the pajamas, it wasn't was a pajama gram. Was it? There was a pa- yeah, yeah, there was pajama a pajama gram. gram yeah. There's yeah, several of those that come. And there was read. a flower. There was a flower one or whatever. Yeah, and it sounded odd listening to him read these every day. And I just I was like, no, nah, that can't. That no, I don't think we <laughs> want to do that. Yeah, because it would you know we'd be talking about sexy, sexy teddies and this. Yeah, and that, at like, like six thirty in the morning. I'm right. Like, no one wants to hear that. Do <laughs> Nobody they? wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The advertiser so, did anyway. But that, yeah, they did, and we read it every time too. Thank you very much. But yeah, it was. It, look, I again, we we got started on this because of Diaz retiring, and um, you know he's going to have a, a ton of tributes and well deserved this week. And you hear all kinds of, um, you know, people in Tampa Bay, celebrities calling in, and um, yeah, I just wish him well, but. Uh, but yeah, radio, man, for those of you who, who don't know, and we do know, it is hard, and, and we work, and you work really hard at it, and, um, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. It is. And it was a blast. I love doing a, it. It was a hoot. Maybe Absolutely. do it again someday. Would love to. Would love to. But in the meantime, we get this podcast, so that's it's, fun, which too. Which is great, which is even... No, no to, commercials. We don't have to, don't yeah. have to tease. We don't have yeah, you to, filled yeah. the whole 24-minute segment. <laughs> and then some. Very, we didn't even saying, mention Carlos Pena about? once. <laughs> Or maybe once. I mentioned him once, I guess. So uh, check out uh, Tom Jones, of course, always at uh, pointer.org. He's got his newsletter every day. Probably nothing going on right now, right? Uh, I'm just trying to get through to the holidays, man. <laughs> and end this <laughs> worst year in, uh, that we can all remember. 
Don't you think New Year's Eve will be special this year? I mean, not in the sense that everyone's going to get together, hopefully, on Times Square. I don't think that'll happen. But 2021, Can't get you never know what's enough. in the future. I always say it can, it can always get worse. I'm that guy, right? <laughs> don't, don't think it won't be worse because it's going to I think worse. I will make the prediction that 2021 will be better than 2020. It'll be a better year. I It'll think It'll be so. a better year because there won't be tens of thousands of millions of half a million, whatever it is, people dying, hopefully, right. once we get the vaccines and things. But, man. What a what a uh, what a year twenty twenty was, um, down to a few days. So, uh, I'll probably talk to you before the new year, Tom Hope Jones. So. Thanks for joining us the last two days. Again, check them out pointer.org. Tom Jones. Thanks, Thanks buddy. man. Thank you. Tomorrow we'll talk college football with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, and we'll get you ready for the Bucks Vikings at Raymond James on Sunday. And remember. Mr. Empanada likes to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. What better way to celebrate than to go ahead and call these folks, uh, get together with some family and friends, and you can order some of their mini empanadas or Cuban sandwiches. And just do that by ordering online at mrempanada.com, or you can call any one of the seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay where Latin food, quality, and service meet. It's Mr. Empanada. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 